Welcome to FBS. Can I get a round of applause just to start off with, please? Hello, everyone, and welcome. Hopefully, hopefully the uh, the sound issues are resolved. My name is Jason. I'm the co-host of Avuck's Sake. Joining me is the chief analyst of FBS, Dave. A big round of applause for Dave. Do you know what? I've been fucked before, but it's better to be fucked by Ernie Merrick than it is someone else. So. Dave wanted a few beers to loosen the nerves up a little bit. and uh, <laughs> Live live, uh, live podcasting, anything can happen. Thanks for joining us at the Lomond Hotel in uh, East Brunswick. We tried this last year, it didn't work out. Uh, but this year we got a game, it was shit, but oh well, we'll press on. Uh, the man of the people, I think a lot of people might be wondering where the man of the people is today. Uh, he told us after we booked the venue and after we, we uh, booked the whole night that he had a wedding on. So, the man of the people is uh, absent tonight. But we do have a, a rotating guest, uh, a rotating, rotating panel of guests tonight. Uh, we'll introduce them one by one. A few will come in later on in the show and uh, a few will start off with us. We'll start off with the man who was uh, having a dart outside. Rudy Edsel, the, uh, the regular. Rudy, we'll get you on that one. Just turn your podcast. I turn your Rudy, welcome. G'day, guys. Am I on? Yeah, you're on. Sweet. Yeah, you're on. You're on. Talk. talk. Can you hear me? No. No. Just talking to the microphone. Just talking. Still, still recording. Right, can you hear me now? No. No? Yes? A little louder? Alright. We'll try. Uh, so, <laughs> this is live podcast. This is going really Without live, any yeah. testing at all, but we'll keep it's going. It's going about as well as Matias uh, Sanchez at right back. Yeah, funnily. <laughs> thankfully enough, we did get someone with a bit more experience with live shows than we, are, than we have. Uh, you might know his work. Um, he's a comedian, very funny comedian. He's been uh, the Bulldogs bannerman in the AFL for quite a while. He's been on uh, AFL Game Day on the project as an uh, audience warm-up uh, and also part of the project as well, I think, to a certain extent. Uh, so a warm welcome to Danny McGinley. Yeah. Hey, everyone. Isn't this great? With all the feedback and everything, and, a, and a, it's still less painful than watching that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming on, Danny. I know you were, you were looking after the... Uh, the kids during the uh, during the match, you watched the match yeah. at home and came over. I left. Uh, I got a one-year-old and a three-year-old, and uh, the one-year-old was screaming in her cot as I walked out the door. Uh, my mother is taking care of them, and the three-year-old. Uh, I've actually got. Can we go straight into the match? Uh, uh, we'll get to that in a second. We'll get to we'll that. Because I had. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> well, you do your thing. <laughs> you do your little show. Well, let, let, let me ask you. Let me ask you because you're you're a seasoned pro at this. I am? How long have you been performing live on stage for? I've been performing live on stage. Uh, but yeah, we've been on stage. 
seven minutes. Look at this. It's like the two old guys from the Muppets. Isn't it brilliant? <laughs> Just help it out. Thank you, Statler. You're uh, about 17 years. Okay. What was your first uh, experience live on stage like? First time on stage? Uh, shit house. Uh, I did a gig, uh, like, yeah. like all amateur comedians, I was terrible when I started, yeah. and uh, yeah, d- didn't, do, didn't do well. Well, we thank you for, uh, for being on tonight. Uh, obviously, it's our first live show, so there's a few technical things we'll try and get around tonight. Uh, we do have a, a big show planned. We've been planning this all week. We've been, in a, in a way, been planning it for 14 months. Uh, we're going to review the game against Newcastle Jets. Obviously, not a great game, but we'll still be reviewing that. Uh, Mehmet of the Week is coming back. Uh, we'll award Mehmet of the Week. And uh, we're also going to have a Q&A. The sound guy's talking to me. We'll figure out the sound issues in a second. But the, <laughs> No, in my experience with podcasting, best sort them out now. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll sort it out after this intro. It's all recording into the thing. So By it's now, be... people have skipped and gone on to, you know, the Dum Dum Club or whatever. <laughs> We've got... We've got some aware. We've got some aware people in there. There's also kids in the room, so I won't say what I was thinking. But we're going to have a Q and A Q&A as well, and with uh, with you guys participating as well. So hopefully you guys can uh, come on and uh, ask questions, whether it's fuck related or anything like that. Uh, we're going to give away a hundred dollar gift voucher to Jetstar for the best question. So the the, uh, the best question gets uh, gets a gift voucher, and also we'll review the next game against or preview the next game against Brisbane Raw. Uh, music theme, obviously the, uh, the first little part didn't work too well with the feedback. Uh, we're hopefully going to do live music as the, as the uh, music theme this week, uh, the best live performances. So hopefully it works. We're going to try and test out the sound issues first, then we'll get into it. You're listening to For Fuck's Sake. Okay, let's do it. What you do to me I have spent all my years in believing you I just can't get no relief Lord, somebody, somebody, somebody Anybody find me Somebody to love Alright, so the <laughs> Alright, let's, let's go, alright So we just watched the game, obviously 2-0 loss to the Melbourne victory Uh We'll review that in a moment. Uh, the goals to Bugard and who else scored? McGree. Riley McGree. Riley McGree. So it was a bit, of a bit of a weird one because we dominated the game and you'd say that, Dave, it was just uh, once again indicative of the season, a, uh, a series of missed chances by the VAC culminated in another loss. It was always going to be a weird situation both teams playing a counter-attacking style of football. Newcastle with the better armaments, ultimately, and being able to execute in the final third far better than we could possibly. A whole bunch of questions need to be asked about the back four selection that we had, and a whole bunch of questions need to be asked about Leroy George coming on as late as he did. I could go on, but I'm going to pass it is over. It, is it really a whole bunch of questions, or is it just, why don't you, why don't you fuck off? 
to a, oh, can we swear on here? We yeah, cool of course that? you can yeah, swear. Okay, yeah, yeah. So it was a bit of a suspect starting lineup. Obviously, in the last minute, we had well at the last minute uh, we lost. Uh, Thomas Deng and also Jason Gary, who was previously mess- missing through suspension. So we're up against it with a bit of a makeshift back four. We, uh, we had Broxham slotted in there as well as uh, Sanchez. Sanchez playing at the, uh, the right back spot. So is it, I think we're up against it all- already, but I think we really missed Gary. Is that right, Rudy? Well, yeah. I mean, we had to, like you said, we had to play Sanchez at right back. And you look at that, and they have Pato Rodriguez on the left. That's a recipe for absolute disaster. You could tell from the starting lineups that Newcastle were always going to score a goal, at least. So it was a question of how many we could score. And while we dominated, I never thought we really looked like scoring that much. They were like they, they were just better than us, really. So, Danny, you've been watching the VUC. You're, you're a big VUC man. I you're am. watching the game. You watch the game, obviously, tonight. It's quite indicative of the season that it's just a frustrating series of continual missed chances and I think we dominated the game but just couldn't get anything out of it so it's just a frustrating game to watch it's a frustrating season to Mm. watch it's uh it's just it's sort of like it feels what it it sort of feels this season really feels like the a-league equivalent of star wars the last jedi in that you've got all these familiar faces but they're not doing what you hope they do. And it's just very disappointing. It's like they bring all... It, it's, why do we have this ongoing tradition of getting players who failed in Europe back to victory and just, just saying, oh, yeah, play out your days. You'll be right. I know you failed and you're probably not going to try that hard, but, you know, hey, your mates with musky, have a go. <laughs> And, I think and for those a... listening, I've just been chaired out by the audience. <laughs> <laughs> and I am now mayor of this pub. <laughs> Bessar Barisha is one of those players who, once again, he had, he had one kind of guilt-edged chance tonight in the, uh, in the first half. And then and that was a great one. save. Yeah, it was a great to... save. So also, uh, Costa Barbarousas had that, that shot on goal, which was saved by the keeper. So I think the keeper was all right. Uh, Bessar Barisha, we've got another year of him as marquee. Uh, is he past it or what? It, just it, asking a hard question. <coughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, but, that, but even saying that, that, you feel like you're shooting Bambi. He's, yeah, uh, I know, right? But the chance that he had at the end of the at stop in stoppage time in the first half, that was exactly where you want best to get the ball. You want to get him. You want him getting it on the turn, getting past. It was the a defender. great pass. Ex- exactly, it was the right pass from Truissi, um, who will probably get slated a little bit later. So we'll give him some juice now. Um, but the, the fact is that's exactly where you want best getting the ball and having a shot, and he fluffed it. I, I mean, it was a great save by Jack Duncan. And by the way, Jack Duncan, please fuck off. <laughs> 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 but at the end of the day, like best has to score that there, then we go into the Sheds 1-1, and it's a completely different game. Yeah, it's... It- it, it, I feel like Barisha, and I, I apologise to everyone, I, it's, I'm, I'm known as the Bulldogs guy. I feel yeah. he's got to do like a Tony Liberatore thing. And Tony Liberatore was getting old and not as good in 1996. Terry Wallace almost sacked him. Yep. He said, you've got to become a dirty player. And obviously Barisha can't do that because he's already a dirty player. <laughs> so, But he needs to find another way. He has to find that extra mongrel. Yeah. 
Now, um, with you guys obviously in the audience tonight, we want to encourage as much participation as we can. Um, we have a, a signed victory ball to give away in our first segment uh, for people that want to come up and uh, take the mic for a second and maybe you know, air their grievances over the match or whatever. So if you want to jump on, anytime you want to come up or whatever, just come up and take Danny's mic and we'll, uh, we'll have a chat about it. Do, do you mind if I go first? Or, well, I, yeah. got, I, got a, I got someone else's thoughts on the game. Yeah, yeah, people at the back, if you are having a chat, there's another room for you. But genuinely, uh, we got... So, yeah, uh, you're all welcome to come up here. I spoke to uh, one of my favourite football analysts, my three-year-old son, Ted, who did watch the game. I was there cooking and for his baby sister and everything, and I, I was sort of listening to the game. This is Ted's thoughts. We only went to half-time. You'll sort of see why. This is Ted pre-game. Newcastle, uh, what do you hope the final score is? 5-0. In favour of victory? Or in favour of Newcastle? No, 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 no. That's his sister. We go for victory. Is that the team you want to win? So that was his pre-game thoughts. <laughs> then he... <laughs> Perth just scored against Adelaide. And then uh, this is my thought. This is uh, this is Ted just after Newcastle scored. Hey Ted, Newcastle just got a goal. What what do you think? I'm very unhappy. <laughs> do you see what you're fucking doing, Musket? Do you see? Maybe we should put him in uh, charge instead of Musket. I think so. I don't think well. Musket was to blame tonight. I think there's still a bit of a 50-50 split on whether Musket remains next year or not. It was in the... Wait, let, let's have a, a call of the room. Uh, to stay? To go? Well, uh, Di Pietro at the... Di Pietro at the Victory in Business Luncheon preached loyalty yesterday, so I think we're stuck with him for at least another five to ten years. Antonis made his debut in, in, uh, in place of Mark Milligan. I didn't think he was that great. Dave, what were your thoughts on the, uh, the, the I guess, the, uh, the start of Terry Antonis? Very uncomfortable again, unfortunately. And I'm a bit worried about his defensive capabilities, when he comes actually back, that's, that's where my worries are. Is it fair to say that Terry Antonis, maybe his best use isn't uh, with Valeri next to him as the single holder? I mean, it's t you can't answer this, Dave. LAUGHTER <laughs> We need a breathalyzer on stage, please. <laughs> Can we get a breathalyzer on stage? <laughs> well, yeah, you, you probably can't judge him with a makeshift bat four as well. I think Sanchez was obviously just a stopgap, and, and Guerrero was out, and, uh, and also Negro was, was missing through injury, so we really missed that. But at the same time, we had more than enough chances to win the game, and we probably should have won the game, and it's just quite... It's, uh, I said it before, quite indicative of the season that we keep 
we keep dominating games, we keep showing that we probably are the better side in some instances, but we're still losing by multiple goals. We're just leaking goals and we're having these brain fades and every time you think that we're actually you know, coming around the corner and, and, and getting better, we just lapse into this again and we're, we're down, we've lost the last two games and we're back amongst the, the, the pack. It's almost as if, like, if there, there should be someone who's, like, in charge of the players who to, to almost, like, manage them so, <laughs> they, so they don't have these brain fades. We should get someone in charge of that. <laughs> the, que- the question I want to ask is, is, is two uh, sixes, is two pivot players there really... Can, can we do that without Mark Milligan? Is that, do, you know, do you not understand what I'm, I'm saying? Like, like Carl Valeri is, is done. I think, that's pretty, I think that's pretty much the consensus amongst victory fans. Yep. Um, and he's just not going to be able to hold the fort if we've got Terry Antonis playing as, a, as an eight who gets up and back and up and back. We probably need... Terry Antonis would have been a sensational signing if the bloke he was playing next to was Mark Milligan and not a cooked Carl Valeri. It's extremely hard to criticise Carl Valeri. I'm sure everyone here remembers the title-winning delivery of Carl Valeri. It's, it's extremely hard to be critical. He's such a nice guy too. He's like... <laughs> yeah, exactly! <laughs> he had a whole bunch of heart stuff. Uh, no, it was the brain stuff, not the heart. <laughs> Yes, hard stuff. <laughs> it was stuff. vital, nonetheless. Yeah. One of the big ones. One of the big ones. One of the big ones. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, where where does that leave us now? Uh, we are we are fucked. We're yeah, fucked. pretty much. That guy there got it right. Come up on stage. Your, your uh, girlfriend's been motioning to you all all night. You want to give us some talk back? Come up here and say. What's your name? Dino. Dino. Hey, mate. What are your thoughts on the game here? Dino! 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 Dino, this is your time to shine. Sorry? This is your time to shine, mate. I just think Musket's got it, got it wrong for most of the season. Um, he needs to bring the youth up. Thea Harris fucked it tonight. But, but our faith remains. Our faith remains with the youth. The faith does remain with the youth. I think the Harris did all right. I mean, they were passing to him this week. They weren't passing to Jaim last week. Unlike the, uh, the audible groans that uh, were around the room when Jaim came, came on the pitch, I think I heard someone say, just fuck off. You win a ball. There you go, mate. Well done. Thanks for doing that. Thanks to Dino for that. I think we'll probably leave the game there unless you have anything else to say, Rudy. Did Dino win that for his analysis or just for being... For which one's you, you, whichever one's your girlfriend, for being the bloke who's punched so far above his weight. <laughs> like, with that haircut, what the fuck happened, man? <laughs> I mean, I'm jealous. I can't do it. I got, <laughs> I got the reverse man bun, but fuck... But I loved playing as you in Street Fighter. It was great. <laughs> I was kind of hoping to make a serious point about our fullbacks. 
More haircut gags? You really want that, Goss? Yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs> Never. <laughs> no, it's just, um, so we, we had tonight, was it Gary was out? Yeah, and then, uh, so Brock's Matt's play left back. Deng was also out, so we had to play Matias Sanchez at right back. The state you of our team right now in terms of fullbacks, centre backs, it's an absolute well, you disaster. You just had to watch Sydney last season. Sydney, you just had to, That's the, the point I'm trying to make, yeah. Is that Sydney... <laughs> is that Sydney... Just say all season. Yeah, all season. <laughs> and all last season, Sydney have built their success on having two absolute gun right and left backs who get up and back. Newcastle again tonight, different because Lockie Jackson played at left back, but they've had Vujicic on one side and Georgievski on the other. Ex-Vuck, yeah. And they've again built their success. Wait, well, I mean... <laughs> And go. Dino! For the uh, sake of the podcast, Dino Julbich has just scored an own goal. <laughs> Mind um, you, yeah. you but were one of the critics of Dino Julbich, and it looks. Uh, to is be he proving me wrong, Dave? Is he proving oh. me wrong? No, no. I'm backing you in here. Thanks for coming. This isn't maybe great podcasting. Can we turn off the uh, the thing behind us? All right, well, watch the game. We'll do a podcast if you want to want to listen to it. Uh, I think we'll probably leave the game there. Obviously, it wasn't a great result, and uh, the vibe around the room was still pretty okay. Uh, it would have not been nice if we could have scored a goal, but it's just typical of the victory season. We'll do the votes uh, obviously later on on the social media channels. Uh, but now, I'm not going to put in the music on this podcast because obviously it can't handle the music playback. But it's time for Mehmet of the Week. Yeah, what do you do, you know? Um... When the moon hits your eye like a bigger pizza pie, that's... Mehmet Jurakovic. Putting the ball the back of the net. When the world seems to shine like you've had too much wine, that's some old... So I thought we're I thought we were done with this guy, but Tim Cahill is just such it's a prick. Unbelievable. He's such a cunt. <laughs> well, yep, we can definitely swear on this thing. The uh, Tim Cahill, we thought we were done with him. We thought we were rid of him in the A League, but he returned back to Millwall, his uh, his old uh, his old haunt. In the, uh, in the past week, and uh, Tim Cahill had one last parting shot at the A-League saying that it paled in comparison to the professionalism that was on offer at Millwall. Now, I'm not saying that Melbourne City... I'm not saying that Melbourne City is, uh, is the, uh, the epitome of professionalism, but just the ongoing narrative of Tim Cahill being better than the A-League and not contributing anything to the A-League uh, just lives on. The main issue that I have with this is that when he was making movements towards the A-League, he was talking about how we don't have the vision in Australia to deal with his amazingness. Uh, and it dragged on and on and for, for a while. And unfortunately, 
He joined that other mob and it just drifted off into nothingness and then eventually he joined Melbourne City. <laughs> Damn straight. I, I think there's a good thing about Tim Cahill joining Millwall. I'm pretty sure he, if, he, if he is selected for the Socceroos in the World Cup, which is why he's gone there, he will be the only Millwall player there, which means we will be able to sing the chant from Black Books. Millwall, Millwall, you're all very dreadful and your girlfriends are unfulfilled and alienated. It'll <laughs> <laughs> be great fun. <laughs> Seriously, though, this, this, fucking, this fucking guy, this fucking guy... We, they literally created a new rule for him to come here. He'd made a fucking huge song and dance in the press. Come on, guys. It's he'd such a, a love... He made a huge fucking song and dance in the press about how he didn't have the vision to match what he could offer, and then all of a sudden a fucking dump truck full of d- fucking vision ended up on his door in the, in the, in the guise of Petro Dirhams from the Melbourne City, the Melbourne City, uh, the Melbourne City group, yeah. And... Uh, and from the FFA, and then he takes parting shots on the way out after doing nothing, really. What did he do in the A-League apart from score a worldie against us? Apart like from he, that he, banger against us, unfortunately. Has, have, but, uh, have, have Melbourne City's fans increased? Yes, no. Yes. Well, they have. Yes, they? they have. Uh, that may I remind you of Yoshi. <laughs> <laughs> but at the end of the day... <laughs> but at the end of the day, how dare he? How dare he talk shit about our national comp on the way out? How fucking dare he do that to us? We've been... Hey? Well, okay, I can't hear what's going on over there. But at the end of the day, fuck that guy. There is... Is there... Is there a bigger dickhead in Australian football? I rest my case. Is there a bigger dickhead in Australian football, Dave? Robbie Slater, yeah, Robbie Slater's up there. Robbie Slater is a very good call. <laughs> it's very disappointing about Tim Cale. It's a very much a love, a love-hate relationship when it comes to Tim Cale because we've all been there. Germany, he hits those two goals, and how could you not ejaculate when it comes to that? that particular moment like I'm sorry did I go too far in all honesty yes I did use a USB cable in in all honesty like it's very hard to hate Tim Kale but he does a really good job of hating him I have not struggled to hate him I've not struggled so, Tim Cahill is this week's member of the week. Uh, oh, we got there eventually. Be, it might be the last one of, uh, of Tim Cahill's illustrious A-League career. Uh, he's uh, certainly let the A-League have one just before he's left. So, Tim Cahill, this week's member of the week. I hear the train a-coming, it's rolling around a bend. And I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when I'm stuck in Folsom Prison And time keeps dragging on But that train keeps rolling On down the San Antonio When I 
I was just a baby, my mama told me, son, always be a good boy, don't ever play with guns. But I shot a man in Reno just to watch him die. When I hear that whistle blowing, I hang my head and cry. So we want you guys to just come in with your questions and you can take... You know, Danny's microphone and, uh, and share it with him. Uh, it's a big prize on offer, $100 gift voucher at, for Jetstar. So we wanted to give away a, a flight. Maybe you can use an away trip or uh, overseas or something like that. So uh, the best question will be uh, for, I guess, a, a Jetstar voucher. So anyone that wants to come up and have a chat or have a, have a question, just come on. Have a question. Here we go. No, it's all right. Former, former Q, former Q. Hey guys, how are we going? Good, mate. Um, just for the podcast, tell everyone your name. Michael. How are we going, guys? Um, I'm, a real, um, I'm a really big footy fan as well, so an AFL fan. And um, fuck off, fuck off. <laughs> and what I've noticed in the last probably decade has been there's, uh, there's been a couple of clubs who have had coaches that they might think are on the way out. And what they've done is they've done a bit of a review of the football department and figured out that that coach actually needs more support yeah. rather than changing the coach. Do you think that's a thing that Melbourne Victory could possibly do with Kevin Musket? Do you think that he could probably, possibly kind of almost take a 2IC role or maybe have a senior assistant to help him be a better coach? Because I don't think we can find the money to actually get a better coach than we've got right now. Well, I think... Uh, we just cashed in a million dollars for Mark Milligan, so we can probably afford whoever we want, really. But the egos, the ego of Kevin Musket is probably too far past any help for Kevin Musket. I don't think he'll accept it, and I don't think that will happen. I think he did. I, he, he did. A, he did a fairly long apprenticeship under Ange Postecoglou. Obviously, no, he it was, didn't. He did like three months or something. No, he did a bit longer than that. It was maybe 18 months, and I thought when he first took over, it was too soon. I yeah. agree. If, he, if you did 18 months of an electrician apprenticeship, <laughs> you are, you're still going to get the sandwiches for Smoko. You're not rewiring my house. Yeah, I, got th- I think we've got the electrician doing the, uh, the, the sound for the podcast here. But, um, no, I think that... I think that he's just probably not going to... He's not going to take any, any help with Melbourne Victory. I think his next foray will be into overseas management, wherever, wherever that might be. I don't think he'll, he'll necessarily succeed at that. But who knows? I mean, I, I think it's just a matter of time before he moves on from the Victory. But, yeah, I guess, um, I guess he's far beyond help. And you're talking about Collingwood specifically, and that's Eddie Maguire being too proud to admit he, he fucked up by... Putting Buckley in too soon. Oh, that's that's actually. This. Oh, another goal. I'm honestly talking about, about Damien Hardwick at Richmond. Um, Thompson at Geelong was another one. Where they just. It's this awesome game called Aussie Rules, mate. It's in the papers. Read it. All right, we'll get we'll get the next question from uh, from Hutch. Thanks, Michael. Hatches in. Do, do you want me to say my name? Yeah, well, Hutch. I, don't, uh, I know who so, you are. Yeah, I'm Hutch. I've got a question hey, for you. Uh, with the departure of Milligan, what does that mean for... Well, yeah, boo. But let's make money off the bastard while we can make money off the bastard. 
he was leaving anyway. Um, what does that mean for the makeup of our ACL squad? Who makes the cut? Which visa players make it in? It, very good question, Hutch. It makes things very messy, as in not Lionel, but it basically ensures that there is no depth. Funnily enough, we played uh, Matias Sanchez at right back today, so apparently we're recruiting midfielders for right back now. But um, in all honesty, the situation is pretty messed up when it comes to Milligan leaving the club. Antonis makes a lot more sense now with him arriving, but he doesn't have the defensive capability that Million did so, but are we expecting Valeri to be able to back up midweek to, well, yeah, allow, to allow Antonis to play beside him? Yeah, like that's that, the issue uh, now. Do I guess maybe slot Broxham into that role? Nadia, a warm welcome everyone for Nadia as well. If we can get one, thanks, Jace. I'll accept two welcomes. So, what am I talking about? Am I talking about your wet? Crutch or not? Okay, no, 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 I'm not. Not mentioning that. It's right. It's a live no. podcast. It's fine. Nobody noticed. Leave it out. Anyway, so Broxham, are you, is that what you're saying? To go in there? Well, Brox, oh, Broxham in uh, in lieu of Carl Valeri when he's you know too old and can't can't run. So will Broxham get more of a starting spot in the ACL? Sure. <laughs> Thank you. Let's. The let's, whole situation right now is yeah. pretty messed up. We have a squad of basically 17 players across the board. It's messed up, and unfortunately, I can't see it changing. We actually, I'm going to stay it out there. We, we actually require change at the top, and my man over here is right on the money, as in. How could we possibly carry on? We've got a man with Clifford on his back. But that's Musket's fault. He set up the squad. Yeah, well, at the moment we've got... never wanted to come back. He only used us as a stopgap. Yeah. He was going to the EPL, couldn't get in. Then he... he... Well, Musket stopped him from going to the EPL the first time. Was that Musket? So I think at the moment we've got a fairly threadbare nah. squad. Thanks to Clifford. No. On you, mate. Like, well done. As in, these are valid questions. These are all valid questions. Where, where is this squad going? Who are we recruiting? These are the questions. Yeah, I think at the moment we've got a squad of about 17 players that are active at the moment with youth players included in that. So we've got a really threadbare squad and it's not boding well. I think the, the management this year in terms of just list management was quite poor. It's, it was too top-heavy, and we relied on a lot of youth team players that haven't really featured at all. The signing of Kenny Athew, and what, where's Kenny been all year? He's not injured at all. We've got one up here as well. Your name? Jacob. Jacob, what's your question? We direct a lot of the criticism with recruiting in that. Yeah. A lot of criticism for Muskie, which isn't... Which isn't necessarily unwarranted. Yeah. 
how much of like recruiting is actually musky? How much of it's trimmers? What does, what does trimmers do? That's actually an extremely good question. Because Muskie gets all the criticism and, and the praise when it's there, but he gets the criticism and Trimmers gets the salary. From what we know, from what we know, and this may or may not be the truth, but Melbourne Victory don't actually do a hell of a lot of scouting. Melbourne Victory rely on advice from agents. We get the advice and that's the way it works. Apparently, as I said, no. And the agents uh, certainly uh, take their own take. So, look, it's, it's a real worry that... Look at this room. It's full of people, full of Melbourne Victory fanatics. And are you telling me you can't go to Eastern Europe and find a Ninkovic or find a Mirzievsky... You're telling me you come that, to that's Melbourne. That's what we want you to use this $100 Jetstar voucher that's right. for. <laughs> Go to Ukraine, find us a striker. I there got is one. actually a guy, he's, uh, he's Slovenian, Eastern, Eastern Euro. His name is Slobodan Vuk. We need to sign him. Oh. Slobodan Vuk, there we go. <laughs> Thank you, Jacob. We got one more? One more? Fucking A, we do. Come up. One more. You're in, the, uh, you're in the running for a $100 Jetstar voucher. I don't, your name? I don't think I compete with, with, with Slobodan Buck. My name's Tom. <laughs> Back. So, I've had a couple of, couple of things, questions that I'd wanted to ask. First of all, where is Nathan Cove? That can sit to the He's side. at the coffee shop in Richmond. There we go. Yeah. Second of all, a lot of players have come through this club from overseas transfers. If assuming from everyone from Riccadino to Jeff Calloway, um, assuming that he hadn't been here before, how disappointed would you be with James Troisi signing this year? Well, I think everyone's disappointed for sure. Um, he's just come back with a chip on his shoulder and he's not really producing what he thinks he's capable how, of. How does he have a chip on his shoulder if he's done nothing? Like, well, what does he do with the chip? Sorry, can we discuss his hair? It's gotten worse, hasn't it? Nadi, wait, wait, wait. Nadia keeps up on Nadia keeps up on the private life of James Teresi. She messaged me uh, the day he got married. So obviously, married life isn't treating James Teresi too well. I'd say he got married on a Tuesday. That's fucked. First of all, and then he played on a Saturday. I don't know. And then since then, just anyway. Tight ass, tight ass Tuesday wedding, of course. So what you're saying is fuck him off. Of course, uh, but we're stuck with him, so he's uh, he signs Marquee for next year. So, oh, right, okay. I think I believe so. If you believe the uh, reports of the Herald Sun, that's what that's sort of a wog gets married on a Tuesday? Dave, all right, thanks. On, thanks. on behalf of a non-wog, we think it's weird as well. <laughs> It's not like us Anglo-Celt people and they're going, ah, Jesus, it's a Tuesday. Now that's cheap. <laughs> Look at that. There's no queues at the fish and chip shop. Amazing. All the potato cakes we want. All right, I've got one from, uh, from one more. 
one more Vux supporter. What's your young, name, young man? Uh, MDB on the forums, but I haven't posted for about two years. However, <laughs> I'm cons- I, was, I, was on, uh, Twitter, I was on Twitter the other day, and I noticed that um, Anthony DiPietro gave a big spiel about how the Vuck needed to divest from the FFA, independent A-League, all that stuff, right? And I thought to myself, where were you a year or two ago when the North Terrace was asking for some independence? And you were saying that, no, we need a control. We need control. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is, is that Anthony DiPietro sits up there and he says to... His ivory tower. Yeah, yeah, in his ivory tower, that's right, yeah, with his fucking fruit supplying from South Australia or whatever the fuck he's got going on. And, <laughs> and he, he, he asked for FFA, he asked for independence from the FFA, never gave it to the NT, but what I want to ask the people on this panel tonight who have been the beneficiaries of Melbourne Victory business in... <laughs> will, you, will you commit tonight... <laughs> to no longer take handouts from the club. No longer go to these caviar-ridden champagne lunches. I want, I want an independent podcast. And I just want to hear from the people on the panel tonight whether they're going to commit to that next year. Wait, wait. <laughs> I don't care about Jessup, man. A hundred bucks. Whatever. Wait, no, wait, wait. Firstly, f- firstly, uh, we've taken one hand out from the club, which was victory medal tickets. We've we've been to we've been to a few victory businesses, but not as a guest of the club, as a guest of as a guest of a business owner who has a table, and we uh, we well and truly milked that for everything we could. Uh, we've asked the club for handouts like free shirts and stuff like that, and they didn't really give it to us. We've uh, we've had one, we've had one handout. But to answer your question, Michael. I will not accept a free ticket to the Victory Medal this year. If that, if that makes you happy, I'll watch it at home on the live stream like everyone else. For the record, we pay our $230 every year like true bucks. Yeah, I only accept the one handout. Dave, what are your thoughts on that? You love a, you love a business luncheon. Do you want to know how much I put away in that three hours that they allow us? Exactly. <laughs> how how much do you drink? Do the wait staff call you the other Barisha? <laughs> in all seriousness, that comes from people that we know. So you're up. Oh, sure. I'm, I'm not an official part of this podcast, but I've got no scruples. Give me a handout. I'll take it. <laughs> Do what? i got shoes. You need shoes. I need shoes to get in. Oh, I've taken my thongs off on stage. <laughs> yeah, as I said, um, no morals. Fuck it. No, it's good. I, I don't think the club's going to give us any free handouts after listening to this podcast anyway. Uh, I think, no, we're done for questions. I think we're running over time. Uh, no, got, all right, I have one more. I have one more. The finale, the climax. Hey guys, I know everybody's really irate today, but I just wanted to say it's great to see the passion for Australian football and everyone coming down and packing this place out tonight. It's fantastic to see. (laughs) 
Um, firstly, can uh, Dave have seven pints before he comes on Football Nation Radio again? Because I think it would make a great segment. Um, but my real question is, everyone's calling musket out, musket out, and I can definitely sympathise with that. But who comes in? That's the question. Because how many local options are there, really? I can't think of too many. South Melbourne recently got rid of Chris Taylor. Is that right? That's, that's my um, one. The, uh, the, the South Melbourne Hullers wouldn't love that too, too much. Uh, I think if you were to get Kevin Musket out now, it'd be pointless. I think we need to review it once the season's over and then do this extensive search the world over, which ends up, with, ends up uh, getting a, an Australian coach, as, as it usually does. Dave? Well, the question is, how much time do we have now? We've got an Asian Champions League campaign coming. I would love to see something happen, but it's not going to happen until after this campaign. So I want a foreigner. So in three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Two weeks. Uh, well, obviously, uh, we just bring, we got to go back to the glory days and bring back Jim Magilton. So. <laughs> Number one. All right, thanks to uh, everyone who submitted their questions. Uh, Dave, I'll let you be the judge. Who gets $100? Do you really want to give that responsibility to me? I can't even remember who actually came and asked questions. All right, I'm going to give it to Hutch. Why don't I, Hutch? Uh, come see me afterwards, $100. I think we're going to do a match preview now. I'll, uh, I'll thank Nadia for coming on. Thank you. Uh, yeah, Nadia just asked Dave if he wants a beer. Of course he does. <laughs> uh, I'm going to get my dad on stage now. Uh, they call him Big Joe. He, um... Stop. Now, one of my favourite stories about my dad at the VUC is back in the, uh, the Season 3 or Season 4 North Terrace uh, protests. Everyone moved up to Level 3 and there was no one left in the North Terrace at Etihad Stadium on the first level. And uh, it was pretty much threadbare, everyone moved up to level three protesting, standing up on level three, etc. But there was one man who cut a lone figure on the first level of the North Terrace, trying to rouse everyone to get up and just cheer on the VUC, put away the politics, put the politics to one side and just cheer on the VUC. And that was, that was Big Joe and he's a big VUC man. He, um, he loves the VUC. He, uh, he said after, after the 2015 grand final win, uh, he sent me a message uh, I think he meant to say, I am wrapped with the, uh, the grand final win, but he said instead, I am raped. Uh, but uh, he was still very happy with the win. And um, Big Joe, what were your thoughts on the, uh, on the game? Firstly, another round of applause for my dad, Big Joe. Well, first, I want to say good evening to all our VUC fans, because um, I think it's very important that you've all come out to support the boys. I think that is the most important thing. You've all come out of your way and watch the shit game that we did. But we're all together as mates and all together, boys and girls, we're all here as one to support the boys for the live show. So I want to give the boys a good clap first for being here tonight and give us a great, uh, great spectacle. Um, but you know what? 
we shit again. Um, it's been shit all year, and I, I'm a great fan of, of bagging the board. I think we go back to the start of the season when we've made the mistakes by recruiting. I think the first mistake we made was Toisi, who had gone, and all of a sudden he's back. Why? Because they didn't want him to go to the city, or city, shitty, whatever you want to call them. But that's one mistake. We're recruiting players. Okay, Leroy George was great. He's good. He's playing well. We've recruited an unfit player. So, Reese Williams, another person that's come from some another club. We have been outsmarted by the two top clubs. Sydney have recruited players that have been sensational. Sensational. So old school coaches are outsmarting Muscat. And until the board looks at the reality of Melbourne victory as a whole, we are going to keep dropping and dropping on the ladder. So we really need to get players from overseas that are unknown to everybody. We are playing the game that is everybody knows Muscat's game plan. Week after week, Ernie Merrick, he coached him and he outsmarted him. Why? Because Muscat's got no game plan. Yeah, I agree with Jason and the rest of the boys. We need to see out Muscat for the end of the year. It's too late to go make changes now. The ACL's here. The whole lot, we can't make any changes. But at the end of the season, the board need to be accountable for the mistakes we've made this year. Testify. Well done, Big Joe. There's, an old, there's a, a saying that's said a lot on the, on the message boards, a fish rots from the head. <laughs> and that's what's happening here. Here we go. You want, you want them board. to say the, Kevin Musket has the complete support of the board and then at the, you see him at Centrelink the next day. All right, we'll, uh, we'll just do it before we, uh, we finish up. We'll just do a quick uh, match preview. It's still a long way away next Friday night, the 9th of February, at Amy Park against Brisbane Raw. Uh, oh, we're not we're, previewing Shanghai? Oh, nah. We, we got, uh, we got hope against Shanghai, the one club in the world we can claim are Ingham's Bunnies. <laughs> We signed on uh, Ionica. Was it uh, Ionica? Was the uh, the chicken? What, what do you say? The, the sponsor, the uh, Ionica. Uh, that's the only chicken brand that's getting oh, re-signed right. this year. Uh, Dave, let's before you take another sip of beer, let's let's have a, a chat about the game against Brisbane Raw. Are we are we in a rut now? Two two on the trot. Losing. So the the Brisbane Raw have Melbourne City tomorrow night. And they have two wins under their belt in a row. I'm not convinced about our chances, but having said that, we're at home. We're at Amy Park. We have several games in a row at Amy Park. Everybody should get that out. Testify. <laughs> Testify. And uh, there really is no excuse. We have every opportunity to finish strong and finish fourth place. Semi-pro. That's literally all we have to work for this season. If you can do it, get there, make yourselves big. Dave, uh, Bring Dave the thunder. tells it like it is. Yeah. Uh, Danny, give me a prediction. It's still a long way away on Friday night, but do you think, uh, obviously, the Roar aren't, aren't going too well either. Yeah. Can, uh, we, can, we, can we bounce back up? Brisbane's still last. 
No, they're not last, I don't think, but they are, they are uh, in the bottom four, I'm pretty sure. All right. So you want my prediction for the grand final preview this Friday? <laughs> yeah, give us something. Uh, well, I think what will happen for most of victory games, we'll go 1-0 up and then lose 3-1. Yep, something will happen. Uh, Dad, a quick prediction from you. Mate, we shit 3-0 loss. Big, Big, Joe, Big Joe's lost all hope. Big Joe's lost all hope. Uh, he was such a positive fan until he started listening to this podcast. And I put ideas in his head. And now he's negative. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tip us to bounce back 1-0 against Brisbane. Who the hell are you and what have you done with the real Jason? I'm just trying to be positive. Uh, that's it. If we can't be Brisbane, we, we might as well just yeah. relegate. Uh, can I can I have one more? Yeah, last go thing? for it. One last uh, celebrity, uh, one last celebrity input. Uh, George Columbaris uh, says, "Let's punch some kids." Uh, no, let's, no, I, uh, I'm, I'm mates with Waleed Ali, and I, I texted him for a, what are your thoughts on that? His thoughts on their match were: our front three looks like a knife that has been hacking away so long it has become blunted into a spoon. Yeah, classic Waleed. The Vuck, the Vuck needs a refresh. Well, this has been an experience, to say the least. <laughs> thanks. Thanks to everyone who came out. Um, the, night, the night isn't over. Uh, after this, we've got uh, a new band called Intellectuals coming on board who are going to play their first ever gig. So this is the first gig here. Uh, they, are, they have played shows before, so they are a little bit better at this than us. We've got Sud Clothing on sale throughout the night. Have a look at the range. Uh, I'm going to DJ afterwards as well until we close this place. Uh, we might be back next year. We might figure out the kinks and, um, and see what happens. But uh, to everyone, uh, also thanks to the Lomond Hotel for, uh, for hosting us on the show. Danny, thanks for coming on board. Um, I know you had the kids that you had to look after. Uh, I'm going back to, uh, to read some more Thomas the Tank Engine books. All right. Dave, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, stick around for this intellectuals mob. They're actually really fucking good. Uh, really good. And thanks to Rudy and Nadia and my dad. Uh, until next week, see you later and... Thank you.